welcome to the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy Holistic Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Beverly, and today we have Maribeth Decker. She is an animal, intuitive animal communicator, medical intuitive, and energy healer. She founded Sacred Grove LLC, an online program where she helps others with their animals, and people and pets heal and connect. She works with pet guardians who dearly love their animals, yet face tough issues. Today, she will talk to us about increasing the bond with your animal. Welcome, Maribeth. Thank you, Dr. Beverly. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here to get to talk about animals, our, our lovely companions. Yes, and what would we do without them? <laughs> exactly. So I'm really curious to learn more. Uh, how how did you become an animal communicator? Most people have some kind of story to tell us about how this started. So share yours with us, if you will. Yeah, I would. I I love it. I I, I have to say I love telling my story because it it surprised me. I um, did not. I would not have called myself an animal communicator. As a child, I loved animals. I did have a few experiences now that I look back, but that's that wasn't um, something that I, I was on my radar. And so um, I finished two careers. I, I retired in the Navy, and then I worked in an association. And at the end of the association time, um, I started getting a, a, a strong urge to branch out and in, in, in what was calling me was massage. So you're still, we're still not to animal communication, I get it. But we go, when we started doing the massage, I met someone who was teaching energy healing, specifically Reiki. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, and I became a Reiki master. And I took other energy courses, energy healing, all kinds of stuff, loved it. That's when my dogs started communicating with me. And that's the way it came through. And the first two interactions were with uh, two dogs who had passed on. Um, we were talking about being in Hawaii before we started. And, and uh, my dog, Timmy, who we picked up, he was a poi dog in Hawaii, picked him up from St. Timothy's of Iaea Church. So his name was St. Timothy of Iaea. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing. He, out of the corner of my eye when I was in the kitchen, I, I saw him sitting in the dining room and it, here, in, here in Alexandria, Virginia. And um, he was fully present. He he looked like it was my dog. Somebody, I, I got over there, I could touch him, I could hug him, I could do all that great stuff with him. So I whipped my head around and said, Timmy, and he, and he, he was gone. It was so short, but so powerful. He, he immediately in those, those very short seconds showed me the truth that um, he survived death in, as a personality, uh, he was really happy. He had the one ear, one ear down, one ear up, one ear down look that he always had with a big grin. And, you know, he came back 
he came through, however you call it, to let me know he was doing okay. So that was like, wow, that's great. Got to finish dinner for the kids. <laughs> that was that was where I was at. Um, then I had another experience with my dog, uh, Eddie, a girl dog that the kids named. And um, she passed away just before I had to get on a plane to staff an annual meeting for the association I was in. And um, I was really bereft. I, I was, it was a terrible yeah. place to be. And, and you can't be that person when mm -hmm. you're staffing a meeting. You, mm -hmm. They want joy and happiness and excitement. She, uh, I will say it the way it is, it has been experienced. She accompanied me on the plane I usually sit on the window seat. I was on the aisle seat and, and felt like she was right there on the uh, sitting in the aisle. <laughs> and I, I was, it was so crazy. I was petting her. So I can imagine people saying, what is that woman doing? She's, she's just waving her hand while I'm petting my dog, darn it. So um, she stuck around with me for a while so I could get my act together. And it was such a gift. And I and it shifted over to dogs who were still here on the planet. And um, the guy that got me started in animal communication was my dog Tibor. He he come from a really tough background. Um, you don't have to be an animal communicator to know that somebody who's a year and a half shouldn't have broken teeth and scars and things like that. So some, something bad was there. Uh, he and I were sitting on the couch and twice I would see a picture of a man training a dog, like a guard dog with those thick clothes that you wear so they, the dog can come up and grab you and it doesn't hurt and things like that. Once was a fluke. The second time I looked at him and said, what is going on with you? So my, my good friend Mary said, that's animal communication. I thought she was saying like, you dumb doofus you <laughs> I said I didn't know that <laughs> and at that point I said I'm going to get training to do it on purpose and uh, working with people and their animals just it was um, it really touched my heart because people come to an animal communicator I mean you know they love their animals if they come to an animal communicator yeah. and, and so I was I just fell in love with doing this and that's how it got me started. Yeah, I have an acupuncture practice. And when I had my big office, I would let people bring their animals and I would work on mostly dogs. Cats, I'd just heal remotely with energy. But mm -hmm. dogs, I would bring them in. They'd bring them in and I'd talk to them. And I I use, uh, I have a light pen, so I would use light energy on them to heal them. Nice. Um, they really respond to that nicely. Yeah. Uh, you either get into it by accident like me or you you need to study but I I never did study um I just suddenly knew how <laughs> I uh, I would say that I I am a natural studier I loved studier I loved school I I got two master's degrees and so I guess maybe that's who I am it's like I want to go find out what what are the people doing? What do they what do they teach? Um, and uh, so I would say that it gave me confidence that what I was doing was real. 
maybe I put it that way. And that's probably something that I did need to know that I'm just not making this stuff up. No. Uh, you do enough work with people and they validate what, what you've shared. And that was really helpful for me. That's true. Yeah. Very, very true. So um, if someone was interested in either being an animal communicator or just being able to communicate with their animal, what would you recommend for them? Um, well, I, I do teach an animal communication course, you connect. I, I focus it on people connecting with their own animals. If they want to be professionals, that's good. But that's, I really like the idea of wonder what it would be like if every single one of us, let's say it this way, somebody in the family could communicate intuitively with their animals. How great would that be? So I'm interested in people who just want to want that extra piece of life and energy and understanding. So I do that. Uh, and if you want to start out yourself, I think part of it is increasing the bond in a very clear way. Uh, and one of the easiest th things that you can do uh, is to pay more attention to them. And what I mean that by that is, uh, this is something I noticed in myself and said, I got to change this is don't treat them like furniture. Mm -hmm. You know, you get so busy, you got humans, we got this huge to do list that goes on for longer than we're alive. I mean, we just walk by them. Um, I'd ask you to stop, acknowledge them as often as you, often as you can make it make it like a habit uh because that's going to increase the connection mm -hmm. they already have the ability it's it's we humans that have to kind of <laughs> start to listen in and to 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 generate the both sides of the communication um and in that vein if if they're looking to you to connect uh and it doesn't have to be animal communication, but you know, for, for me, uh, uh, my cat Mac, he would, he, he loved playing with balls. He's a cat. He would come to my office here and he, he'd drop a ball in front of me and look up at me like, let's play. It was very clear. I didn't have to be an animal communicator, no. right? But I would be really honest with him saying, okay, yeah, I can take a break. Let's go, let's go chase that ball. Or Mac, you got to wait. But anytime they ask for, for love and attention, if you can give it, give it. Um, and the, the third one is really what I love more people to do is, especially with your dogs, if you take them outside and you're walking them, maybe don't play with your phone. Just be there in nature with your dogs, experiencing everything. Um, I think of when my kids were really little and we took them to the park or something. It was just us and them. I'd watch my my little two-year-old son chase the birds, and, and I would call it bothering the birds. But there's a real opportunity there to be with them and bond with them and 
have our own version of outside in nature that I, I think is a lovely way to bring you you closer to having that uh, intuitive connection. So that that's yeah, that's what I do in the any person can do this level, you know, you, you can make some changes in your life. Um, and so on the intuitive level, have a couple of good mindsets. Like the first one I said was they're already communicating or trying to communicate intuitively with you. If, I mean, we were talking about that earlier. Um, if you're animal, I have cats and dogs. If your cat or dog is stared at you intensely for long periods, I think they're saying, I don't know how to send this any any louder to you. Why don't you get this? Everybody else in the house that's got fur on gets it. Um, uh, so have the belief that their, their, their side of the equation is already working really good. And then know that we are set up to con communicate intuitively. I, I believe it's uh, both a physical and an energetic ability that we're, we come into this world with. And if you if you remember my story, I didn't figure this out till much later in life, and and I'm okay with that because I can say you don't have to start, you know, at two years old and be a be a cat whisperer or sweat whisperer. You can you can do it now. Um, yep. And then with that, you get kind of quiet and listen. And like we were talking about before, you might ask a question and see what comes through. It's really quick. Usually, you might get a visual. With animals who live with us, I found for me, from my experience, language is easier. You hear words easier. Um, wild animals, I get more visuals or sense of feeling from them. Or maybe you just get a knowing. Uh, don't even doubt that. And if, if it comes through, when it comes through, you say, thank you so much. I'll, I'll take more of that and start to look for opportunities. So those, those, that's in a nutshell, how you can start moving into that arena. I think you, you hit the nail on the head earlier also is look at their body language. They know our body language like you know, my dog knows if we're about to go for a walk based on what shoes I put on. <laughs> so when you learn, you know, if they're staring at you, they're trying to send you a message. That's absolutely true. Because my dog is a talker. But when he sits there like this, I know, oh, I better stop and listen because he's telling me something. <laughs> that, that is that is surely it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and and the other thing, uh, the, as I'm, I'm hearing you say that, is a lot of us have already had this experience. Like we just know, I mean, I've heard so many people like say this, that the dogs are in the backyard. You just have this funny feeling that they want to come in and you don't hear them barking. They're not scratching or anything or, and you go down and there they are at the door saying, oh, it just started raining. Get me in here or you know, whatever their version of that is. But if you think about it, you would probably, most people have probably had that happen and you can build on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it isn't just dogs and cats, but 
horses, no. goats, and all the animals. I was at a petting zoo once, and there was a everybody liked the little lambs and the little whatever. And there was a pot-bellied pig on the other side, and I thought he was beautiful. I looked at us. You're really beautiful. And he ran all the way across and got right in front of me. So I fed him. <laughs> they know. They feel it. They do know. Yep. I, I've had the same thing. I, I did some practice with animals that were in a, um, they, they were in, in a sanctuary and we connected with them. And I got some stories that I just thought were incredible about the family dynamics with uh, the, this, this group. And um it, it felt uh, very much like husband and wife arguing over the kids. And one of the kids was, quote, unquote, a teenager. So it was like, my, my goodness, I have been through that. <laughs> and here it is. Uh, somebody, the same thing is going on where they're, they're, they're upset at each other. And what was fascinating to me was, in fact, uh, they ended up in human truths. We'd say they divorced, and they they the guy was uh, found. In, they sent him to another sanctuary because they couldn't live together anymore. <laughs> so you never know, yeah. right? If they're all, it's all. There's all every species you you can do that with. You're right. Thank you for pointing that out. Last March, I had a dog that I'd had for a long, long time, and she was very visual. She sent a lot of images, mm -hmm. and she passed. And um, she, uh, now I'd had some trauma. I won't go into my trauma with two previous dogs in the way that they went. One of them I had to put her down, and we won't go into that. And the next one had a stroke, and she was gone. And I was pretty traumatized by both of those. And this little dog knew that. And she was really old. She had no teeth anymore. And she was half blind and no longer house trained. And she was deaf. And I know the vet wanted me to put her down, but she wasn't in pain. And um, it just, she got to the point where one night she was across the room and I looked at it. I always had to tell her if I was leaving the room because she couldn't see me and she didn't know where I was. So I would say, I'm leaving now, unless I was coming right back. I'd say, I'm leaving now. And then she'd follow me. So one night I'm looking at her and I, I said, do you want me to put you down? And she said, no. And I said, well, do you want a treat? And she had these big sparkly eyes and she ran across the room which she hadn't run in a long time she took the little treat she was so happy and that night she she went away in her sleep um, and she saved me from having to put her down so talk a little bit about our geriatric animals and how we oh do my that. goodness um yeah i uh a year ago, about a year ago, I had loss of three out of five of my animals. So, oh I, wow! I, oh, so I, I, as much as I do this, and I think the first thing that we all know if we've had more than one animal is, is it never gets easy. I don't think it ever will because we love them so much. You think I know what's going to happen? I know all. It doesn't matter. The grief is immense i i think that's the right word it's immense for those that have been with us for that long um so i i rewrote my book peace and passing 
a, a couple, was it last year? It got printed finally. Uh, and I did that because one, one of the things I want to point out for us humans is that I've, I've noticed that our grief starts the moment we either see a big decline in, in what our, our animals can do, or we get that diagnosis that says the end is coming. No, there, there's no out here. Uh, unless it's a miracle. And sometimes there are, but that's where the grief, we start. The grief starts so much earlier. And I kind of focused at first about those last few, I don't know, weeks, months. And I went back to say, once you get that knowing, which you knew intellectually, but now you got it at the gut and the heart level, how do you manage it? Um, the um, the one the one thing that has helped helped me with mine and uh, I would recommend it is it's it's a, it's a kind of a smart alecky phrase but it does kind of it kind of wakes us up and they if they could say they'd say I'm not dead yet okay <laughs> stop okay come back and be here with me now um, and um, I think sometimes we need to hear that is like, all right, all right. Yes, we know where we're going and we, we're looking to see what we can do for them. But in the meantime, what they're experiencing is what's happening in their bodies and what's happening in their mind. Uh, they are not projecting to generally until maybe it's the end. Some of them know exactly what's like you were talking about. They know what's going to go on. But most of them at those earlier phases, they're just dealing with life. Mm -hmm. And if we can stay in the, we can stay in the now with them and enjoy the fact that we've got another day with them, even if they didn't, they don't see or walk well or, or they're wearing diapers or all that stuff that some of us go through. And we still find the joy of having their bodies their souls with us in the physical sense we will get more out of it and they will too um i i don't think we can stop grieving but the more effort we put into enjoying the fact that they're still here is good for them too it's kind of revitalizing i think um so that's the big thing. Then we look to be very flexible and say, well, what can we do to make their lives easier? Uh, do we do some alternative therapies, acupuncture, uh, certain medicines? Do we check their pain level, make sure they're really good? Um, I got down to very basics. I have a three-story townhouse. Do you put treads on the stairs so they don't fall anymore or maybe, you know, do we take shorter walks because walks because they still want to walk, but they can't they can't mm -hmm. do the two miles anymore. So, so th those are some of the things that, that I, I suggest uh, before even the question comes up is of uh, are you ready? Uh, look at that stuff. What, what can you do? 
I got to say, no, but then one of the things I did that really made me happy is I, I even used to sing to my dog, Stella. Every day with Stella is a good day. I would sing it to her. And it was, she kind of liked it, I think, you know, and there was just that silliness and that love and that reconnection uh, reminding me that she's still around in, in the physical world. Well, so what are some of the other things we can do to develop that bond with our pets and, and our other animals? Ah. I love doing um, what I call love fests, which is spending time with them looking into their eyes and uh, just being the crazy person telling them how much you love them, how much they've changed your life. What are all the lovely things that without them being there, you would miss? Um, that that's to me is a really good thing to do. Uh, and it's good for us too, because we get irritated in the, at them, unless you're different from me. But there's sometimes that 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 some things bother us, and then if we get back into the how much we love you, and this is why, um, this that is really good. Uh, touch is unless they don't like it. Now, dogs generally love touch. Cats will tell you what they want and what they don't want. If you Okay. Yeah, they don't I, always I got, want to be touched. <laughs> I have no problem with that. I, I, I'll do it your way. But you figure out what makes them, what pleases them and do it. Um, my cat, Bunny, goes into the kitchen and she lays on her back and meows. So that time is to go over and scratch her ears. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's trees, but sometimes it's just tell me how beautiful I am and do it. So if you look for ways to tell them how great they are, uh, how much, what a difference they make in their lives. That That's a really big deal. Uh, and do, do a lot of physical, I think I'm repeating myself and I'm sorry, but the physical stuff that they like, that's really wonderful. Um, other bonds. So understanding their body language yeah. is really important. Yeah, yeah. What, what's working and what's not working? They'll tell you. Um, I, I, I learned how to massage people, and I do it in my dogs. And if you, there are some books out there you can do massage on them, especially if they get older. When people talk about just arthritis and pain. I think you're forgetting about the muscles tightening and becoming inflexible and how that makes everything worse. And if you can loosen those muscles up, but they'll tell you if there are some great books out that will, that will, and also videos that will show you how to do some massage. And if they're in a happy space, their eyes are going to go, as we say in the Navy, half mast. Yeah. And they'll just, <laughs> like look they're like you're they're in la la land if they don't like it they will get a really strong stare at you and one time my dog mitsubishi my my husky 
gently grabbed my hand with his mouth. He didn't bite me, but he that was like, no, 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 that 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 doesn't work for me. <laughs> the other body language that made me laugh so hard is uh, I would be massaging him and I would do the, I had learned to do the inner thigh of his legs. And he, when we were on the couch, he would stick his back leg out at me like, it's time, get going there. <laughs> you start looking for those. I mean, they're just so clear. You they, you figure out what they like and you do it for them. Um, yeah. yeah, that body language again, it, they'll, they'll let you know. Yeah, my little boy loves his massages. Oh, yeah. He comes and asks every morning. I I give him a massage and then I give him one at night. And sometimes I'll do a little bit and then I'll stop and he'll take his paw and put it on my hand. You know, don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm getting my guys. I'm doing a little with the cats. I can get their necks and a little bit down their shoulders, uh, but and a little bit around here. And and that's a little. And it's a little tough beyond that. I tried this gentle stroking next to their spines uh but you got to take it easy with those guys they're they're yeah, cats cats are different <laughs> they, they're touchy yeah they're yeah maybe yeah yeah that's really nice so you have a gift for everybody five things your pets want you to know tell us about your your gift it, it's a it's a short report of five things that i found as an animal communicator and it, it's lovely. Um, it, it probably says a lot of the things we just talked about. But if you like, if you like it, I, I'd love you to uh, you get it if you sign up for my newsletter. So it's a gift to you for for joining my newsletter. Nice. So if you're on YouTube, I'll have the link down below. But if you're listening to the podcast, you can find that free gift at sacredgrove.com. S-A-C-R-E-D-G-R-O-V-E, sacredgrove.com forward slash the number five dash things dash tips. So it's sacredgrove.com forward slash five, the number five dash things dash tips. Okay. Do you have any closing words for us, Meredith? Uh, let's Meredith. see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. It won't be the first or the last time. Uh, yes, I, I always like to say this. Uh, I believe, I, I, I understand the concept of soul families where there's a bunch of souls that get together uh, and they keep coming and, and uh, working things out and playing different parts in different incarnations. So that's me. And I, I have decided and I believe that our animals are also part of our soul family. Mm -hmm. And um it just makes life a little more richer to see or to think about what are we doing for them? What are they doing for us? What are we learning from them? What are they learning from us? There, there's another depth you can go into if you like. Mm -hmm. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Well, it was great having you on. Of course, I could talk about animals all day. I love animals. <laughs> so mm -hmm. thank you so much for being with us today. And everyone, thank you for listening, and remember to be the light you want to see in the world.